was one of the things that really surprised me when I first started reading your work was was the account of, you know, of like, okay, yeah, it was like, oh, these have just been sitting here. Like, we didn't even, they weren't even sort of discovered by you, so to speak, but they, they'd just been sitting there ignored by scientists for the best part of half a century because they were of normal people, quote-unquote normal people, they weren't that interesting. And that itself is such an interesting insight into, like, I know the problems with academic history and the limits of the kind of stuff we were just talking about, about what kind of history gets told, because, you know, the, the, it struck, I, I was almost kind of aghast that like of your account of like this, this, this body, this, this woman's body just sort of sitting there and no one had really paid attention to it, even though it was, it was there. I mean, I don't know if in, in plain view is the right description, but. Well, I'll explain that. So, I mean, so what's, interesting is many Egyptologists have studied this site because of the text I just described. And I, when I first started working there, I think there was a sentiment of, well, these tombs have been looted. We don't really know. It's hard to date material from the tombs. It's hard to know um, that there's much of, of value that's left behind. And it's this different perspective on what's valuable. So for a lot of people, it was the paintings on the walls or those text that had value and ironically the people who made those paintings and the people who wrote those texts weren't really perceived as having value um, to be studied or conserved or any other actions so when I worked the tomb that I found this woman in I work inside the tombs and one of the reasons is because that's where the human remains are it's easier to keep them where they were intended to be their conservation is better um, they are left in these kind of broken pieces in the tomb. So I, I do all my work inside. This is a tomb that I was working in um, in 2013 and 14. It's a tomb of a, uh, of a <clears throat> workman called Ari Neffer. And in, in these tombs, you'd bury not just the person, the workman, but also his family. So this had not only him, his family, it probably, it, we know for a fact, actually, it had people even from the latest periods of this site. And we found that artifacts with their names on them among the human remains. So even though it's hard to date the human remains because of the way they've been broken apart, we've got this other contextual clues. And like I said, since mummification changes over time, it also gives us some hints about who's there versus if it was, for instance, these later burials. People used the site for burial much later. Um, so I'm working inside the tombs, and, and often where I'm working is not the pretty decorated painted area, which is not the place where they keep the human remains. They moved them, the, the Egyptologists, that is, moved them to some of the other parts of the tomb. These tombs have, you, they're cut into a limestone cliff. So you usually have to descend into them, like down a shaft, for example, and a rickety ladder. Uh, and they are only lit by the lighting you bring. So there is no, there's no sunlight where I work. So I come back from Egypt without a tan and everyone's confused. <laughs> um, and inside these tombs, I'm kind of sorting through the human remains and what's left behind and trying to put them in a better state and work on their conservation and inventory and just figure out who's even there. And this tomb that I was working in was open to the public. So when they opened it to the public, they moved all the human remains next door. And I was actually, I could see people walk. They, could, they didn't know I was there, but I could see them walking by me. Uh, because I was around the corner from where you walk into the tomb. And 
the human remains were stored in the things that you could find in Egypt. Sometimes it's hard to get access to big conservation boxes and things like that. So they were stored in the boxes you'd use for fruit. They were stored in um, large rice bags, for instance. And so her body was found, I found her in a large rice bag and she was there alone on her own, which was to me interesting because most of them were quite stuffed and hers wasn't. And she, uh, we didn't have her head. We didn't have her legs. We didn't have her hands, but we had her torso and arms. And when I took her out, um, I saw these markings at her neck and I at first assumed actually that these weren't tattoos, but were rather painted on because often when you bury a mummy, you put amulets on the body as protections. And so I thought, well, just like we were talking about with these defensive burials where they're trying to stop people from breaking in, they'd go and uh, paint something on to protect the woman. But as I looked closer, I saw that really this was part of her skin. And I kind of stepped back for a moment. And keep in mind, this isn't a dark tomb where all I have is a lamp that I brought with me. Um, I kind of moved the lamp and moved my head to start looking at her in different angles. And I start realizing that it's not just her neck, but that she is covered. Her arms are covered in tattoos. And as I looked closer, I saw some were more faded than others. Some were, uh, you could see that where they'd started to um, have a kind of dispersed edges so that it wasn't something that could have been painted on. It really was something that was part of the skin. And my colleagues, Enrico Bay and I, photographed her and started immediately trying to use those photos because this is a, a mummified individual. Their skin is shrunk. It's changed dramatically over the thousands of years since she was alive. So we started manipulating these photos and trying to really pull the photos apart, almost like we're bringing her skin back to its original shape. And as we did that, suddenly things that in the tomb you couldn't make out became clear. And we see, saw not just that she had all of these tattoos, but that they had figural connections to the kinds of symbolism we're finding all over that area. So that was um, completely unbelievable. I mean, it was... When had she been put in a bag? So who who? So that was the French archaeological team back in the fifties. So always blame no, the French. More, no, no, they blame actually, the French. Actually, that was actually more recent when they were preparing this tomb uh, for display. And so I can't. I don't know exactly who. <laughs> who did it. I'm not going to point finger. Okay, you're behind the paywall, say- and you can you can fire <laughs> shots at people. It's okay. Right. I will say it's it's. I did take my eyes from adjusting and I'm sure whoever did that, you know, they weren't aware. They didn't realize the significance of of any of these people. And having tried to figure out how to store all of these people currently for myself, it is not an easy task. So I, uh, I, I will say that that happened in the two thousands because I found newspaper with the remains from the two thousands, but I, I'm not going to, I mean, that's even less excusable as far as I'm concerned. I was just going to ask, and uh, sorry, Matt, if I'm about to do anthropology hour, I know you have beef with them, but I want to ask... Some of my best friends are anthropologists, as I always say. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I I want to ask, from your research and what you know, what can you kind of infer about tattooing's place within culture at that time? So one thing that's really interesting is that we are pretty much exclusively finding tattoos either in human remains or in depictions on women. 
And it is a very gendered practice in Egypt for most of its history. So I work in the New Kingdom, but that's true of the Middle Kingdom as well. Um, and those are the two best documented periods through dynastic history. We don't have much evidence from the Old Kingdom. And the pre-dynastic period that we mentioned, we do have men who are tattooed. So there's clearly a change over time. That's thousands of years between the pre-dynastic and the Middle Kingdom. So it's not surprising that there's change. But by the time we have the Middle and New Kingdom periods that we see so much, like most of our evidence of tattooing in ancient Egypt, it's an extremely gendered practice. So you're saying Ramses II didn't have a sick back piece? Not that we know of yet. No, we do have his human remains, so we can double check. But we aren't seeing it. No, we're seeing that it's really done um, on women. Who knows? We don't have any depictions of it. So going back to like, we have a site that's got all these texts and really well-documented site. No texts in, that I've ever found are clear and unambiguous references to tattooing. No depictions that I've ever found are clear and unambiguous depictions of someone getting or, or giving a tattoo. So it is, I think it just shows like we need to study the past through many different lenses because it's always the biases of one that, that can be unveiled by another. 